Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerville, a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. So this morning we're going to look at maturity, and the title specifically is Maturity Comes by Intent, Not Chance. And uh, all of us loves uh, messages that is about maturity. Like I know all of us are excited to hear about uh, all of the, the, the ways that we can mature into the things of God. And we love to, to lay down things and we love to be selfless and, and just uh, put aside things that are, are hindering us and choking the word of God, so to speak, in our lives. And the, 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 the intent of the word to produce fruitfulness on lives, right? All of us are, are always super excited for, uh, for words that challenge us. That was sarcasm, if you didn't know. Um, just a few opening thoughts and statements uh, before we get into the word. Firstly, if we think back on the last few weeks, the, the, the team that went to uh, um, Albania specifically, all of us were part of that, that, that team and the work that God is doing there and continuing to do there through the seed that has been sown. But just considering for a moment the, the, the few of us that were able to go, the Tiger Burgers, and, and even if you know some of the other people in the other campuses, you have to consider that, this, that none of the people that went to Albania went there by chance. Everyone had to purpose in their hearts and make a decision and then start trusting God to be able to go. It didn't happen by chance. And some of you may be thinking like, yeah, duh. Bear with me. You being here this morning, for example, also didn't happen by chance. You had to purpose being here. You being here happened through intent, being intentional. Now, a question to ask and to consider is, would you say that 2022, we're coming to the end of it and it's good to reflect back on 2022, this past year, would you say this year was a year of maturing for you? Just think about that for a moment. Just reflect. Don't just kind of, I'm not just going to move from one question to the next, but just think about that. Was this year a year of maturing for you? Do you feel like you really grew and matured in the things of God this past year? Now, another question to ask is, would the people around you in your life say that this was a year of maturing for you? You might get a different answer. And so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how, how much you think you matured this year. If the people around you don't think you matured, then you probably didn't mature. We talked about this this morning, and the, the word of encouragement is in our Dream Team meeting is, it's one thing to start off strong, it's another thing to finish off strong. And people don't remember how you started a race, they remember how you finished the race. A lot of athletes start races and in the natural sense, but some get disqualified along the way. Some quit along the way because it's too difficult. And the unfortunate thing is this for us in the, in the Christian walk is the world is looking continually at our lives, how we're running. And they can't see how we started off. They can't see where we began. They can only see what's currently happening in your life. And so we need to be super vigilant as, as Pete encourages us because the devil, your adversary is roaring or, or, or prowling around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He's looking for opportunity. And if you're not vigilant, he's going to get his opportunity. And you're going to fall. 
And it doesn't matter how good a person you are, how many people you impacted. In eternity, yes, praise God, those people, like it can't be reversed. God is not holding that against you. But in light of your next few years, in light of your ministry and your future, every decision that you're making on a daily basis could be, could lead to your fall. Why am I stressing this? Because every decision you make in your life is one towards intent and purpose and along the vision and the plans that God has for you or it's a decision in a different direction. Now I'm leaving us with this word and I felt to stir us with this specific word as a, as a, as a last word for our general gathering. Next week is our Sunday and Christmas gathering. So uh, uh, it will be a different focus. And we'll uh, uh, obviously uh, look at specifically just some of the amazing things with regards to the gospel. But this is part of the gospel in light of God's desire and Jesus in John chapter 15. It's very much about fruit bearing. It's very much about maturing. Because the world, the world out there doesn't need to see Christians that are just born again and going to heaven. Maybe you're one of those Christians this morning where you receive Christ and... You thought that was the end and you're kind of just sitting on that and you enjoying just that reality and it doesn't go further than that the world needs to see Christians who are being transformed and transformation maturity is not gonna happen by chance not because just God wills this God wills this God desires fruit bearing but all of that is not just gonna happen by chance it's gonna happen by intent Hebrews 10 verse 24 and as we're getting ready to look at this this verse I want you all to answer this question who wants to grow in the things of God and mature in the things of God in 2023 by show of hands good stuff some of you don't have hands and that's fine we'll pray for you um, I'm just joking it starts with making a decision. It starts with purposefully act on, acting on something. Oftentimes when we're asking uh, up front for a specific word, for example, uh, say word of knowledge comes forward and we're asking, is there anyone here with, with back pain? Would you please raise your hand? If no one raises their hand, we don't know that there's someone and we can't pray for them. You might have back pain, but I can't pray for you because I think that there's no one here with back pain and I miss the word of God. I miss these leading in that moment. And then it doesn't help when you come to me after and say, like, that word was for me. Like, it doesn't help me in my, like, in my confidence and it doesn't help the rest of the body if you're not responding in that moment because then they can't see the gifts of God in action. Words of knowledge and things like that. So I encourage you, if words come up, don't feel like you uh, um, uh, put on the limelight or spotlight. It's about God wanting to minister to you. So allow Him to minister to you. Allow the body of Christ to minister to you. So even in asking questions, it's, it helps to respond, to vocalize a response, to, 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 to act with something. Because if you just believe it in your heart, it's not going to go very far. We need to act on, we need to step out on the things of God and what He's inviting us to. So Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. The word provoke, yeah, some translations talk about or uh, um, uh, encouraging one another, to, to stir one another. Uh, one of the words that we see in the... The, 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 the root word of, of this is spurring, and we've talked about this before. It's like a, a cowboy with the, the spurs on his boots to get the horse running, to get the horse uh, going. So we are to consider, we need to, the Passion Translation says, we need to find creative ways to do this, to, to spur one another unto love and good works. 
Now, a phrase that the Holy Spirit uh, led me to, or maybe it was a little bit Holy Spirit, a little bit Etienne, I'm not sure. Um, you can de determine for yourselves. But I really just felt for us as a, as a family and the, the vision that God has given us and this, this mission that we're on, you're either going to grow or you're going to go. You're either going to grow or you're going to go. And it's not because we want you to go if you don't want to grow. But we're so mindful and so intentional about growing and maturing in the things of God that you're going to be uncomfortable if you don't want to mature. You're going to be uncomfortable if you don't want to grow in the things of God. So much so that you're going to feel like you don't fit in here. And it's not on us. I love there's this one quote. The, the, the author of the quote is still a little bit debatable in, in my research of like who said this or who didn't say this. But let's say Nelson Mandela made this quote. And I'm not quoting him because he was a perfect person. I'm not quoting him because he was necessarily, I don't know if he was Christian or if he wasn't Christian. It's besides the point. But the quote goes along the lines of um, basically in the middle of the quote, it's a quite a long quote, he talks about, and this is paraphrasing, or the, the author, if it wasn't him, talks about oftentimes we don't want to shine our lights because we don't want other people to feel bad about themselves. Oftentimes we tone it down because I don't want someone else to feel bad about them not doing anything. Please don't do that. Please don't tone down what God has done in your life. Please don't tone down what He wants to do through your life thinking that you're doing someone else a service by doing that. You're doing them a disservice. It's unbiblical. Allow God's work to become, become complete in you. Allow the fruit of the Spirit to be born in your life even if it makes other people feel uncomfortable. Keep sharing the gospel and keep bringing the testimonies of lives impacted through your life, even if it makes other few people feel bad about not sharing about Jesus at all. A good word? A challenging word. I sometimes feel uncomfortable when, when someone keeps bringing testimonies. and It's not that I'm feeling like, man, I'm, I'm not measuring up or I'm not as good as them. That's not what it's about. I feel uncomfortable because God's Spirit in me has the same desire as His Spirit in that person who's reaching out, touching people, sharing the gospel. The same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the very same Spirit in each one of us here this morning. And guess what His desire is? For the world to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. So in this church, in this family, we're going to be about spurring one another. Another uh, root definition of this word provoke is irritate we're going to irritate one another unto love and good works i want to be a, a little rock in your shoe on sundays what do i mean by that it's irritating when you've got a little <laughs> a pebble in your shoe you're not going to keep walking with that pebble in your shoe amen you're going to keep uh, you're going to stop you're going to take off your shoes and you're going to Take it out. Um, that is what it means, and that's the intent with, with spurring one another, provoking one another, irritating one another unto love and good works. On it and meditate on it and have us feel good about it. Amen? Okay, I said we're going to go to Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, 33. 
Wherefore, therefore, eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jew, nor the Gentile, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. So what is Paul writing here again to the church? He's not contradicting himself. He's not saying one moment, okay, cool, uh, don't please man, please God. And then the next moment you say, even as I please all men and all things. It could seem contradictory, right? If you're just looking at it surf, surface level. Because he is literally one moment saying, I don't please man, but I please God. And then in the next moment, in another letter, he's saying, even as I please all men and all things. That's why it's important to, to read and study the word in context, not out of context. Because verse 31 opens up and says, Do all to the glory of God. So if you're going to please man, let it be to the glory of God. Let it be for a purpose. As Paul also said, I became all things to all men so that I might win some. This is difficult for the religious mind, the religious heart. I've had moments, and it's, it's very, as, as, as a leader, being in a place of influence where people are looking to you, it's difficult and we need to use, be wise and use discretion as how we go about this, this thought, this statement of Paul. I became all things to all men so that I could win some. What did that mean? It meant, meant that Paul did things that he wouldn't have normally done so that he could win some. Not sinning. He wasn't sinning with the people so that he can win them. But he met them where they were at. He was, he was around them. If he had to eat pork, he would eat pork. If he had to stop eating pork, if it was going to cause his brother to fall or sin, he was not going to do that. So there's this continuation of living our lives and making decisions and asking, how is this going to bring glory to God? Or how is this going to give me an opportunity to minister to this person? To have an open door to share the gospel with them? And I, in my, in my, in my youth, I would do it maybe a little bit differently today. But I've had moments where I would be in a, in a club and I would be there primarily to um, uh, show off my moves on the dance floor. And... Um, <laughs> And at times, uh, I would be in a moment where I would meet someone and I would start chatting with them and uh, we'd start talking about uh, just uh, Christianity and, and things like that. And then they would offer me a beer. And then there's, there's been moments, especially at weddings when I do the ceremony, when I choose to not drink something just because I feel led to not drink something. Not because it's sin to drink beer or to drink wine. Praise God that it's not. Um, but in moments I would say no to alcohol. But there's been moments where I said yes to a beer and I had an amazing ministry opportunity with an individual. So what did I do in that moment? I became all things to all men so I can have an opportunity and open door to minister to this individual. So let's not be so religious that we not do certain things but not doing certain things is actually not allowing us to minister to people. And then at times, doing certain things will also not allow us to minister to people. So we need to be wise and be spirit-led in those moments. But this is what, what Paul is encouraging us in. When it comes to pleasing God, it boils down to one thing. Romans 8.8 8. 
We're landing the plane. Stay seated. Stay buckled. We're coming in. Romans 8, 8 says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. So there's two sides to this coin, and I'm going to give the two sides to the coin in, in the context of the, of the word as a, as a whole. Let's read Hebrews 11 first, and then I'll give the two sides to the coin. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He's the rewarder of who? Those who diligently, diligently seek Him. What does diligence mean? Does it mean every now and then? Does it mean when you feel like it? Who, like, if you think about a diligent person, what characteristics is associated with that person? Purposeful, intentional, faithful, consistent, reliable, sacrificial. Diligence doesn't just come on you because you're a child of God. Diligence is something that is purpose, pursued. Otherwise, this verse would have said, and he is a rewarder of them that seek him. Why do they add the word diligently? Is it really that important? Let's just take it out. Like, let's just say it's those who seek him. Maybe one day of the week, Sundays specifically, right? Maybe at last we will seek him there as well. Five minutes in the morning, yeah, let's put that in our diary as well. And then ten minutes at night, but not the nights that I, I went to gym because then I'm tired. Does that sound like diligence? No. It sounds like carnality. It sounds like decisions that are made through emotions. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Faith is the only thing that pleases God and ultimately primary Romans 8 verse 8 They that are in the flesh cannot please God None of us firstly here this morning are in the flesh We're in the spirit Because we've got God's spirit inside of us But then what we can also do is we can walk after the flesh Which means that you, you've got God's spirit living inside of you And you're a child of God, you're righteous and you're holy But you're making decisions according to your flesh According to how you feel and that is not pleasing to God. That will not bring about fruitfulness and maturity in your life. I want to close with Psalm 1. As I was meditating on Psalm, Psalm 1, it was awesome. Just like a, so many wise things came out of this, or amazing things came out of this, this psalm for me. And I just want us to just spend some time. We'll read through the, the, the whole psalm with six verses. And then I'll just draw out a few few things for us but this is really like in closing for us an awesome reminder and setting an awesome almost like a, a signboard in front of us and I would encourage you to go and in your own time also read through Psalm chapter 1 read through it in various translations and really allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you from this psalm because in light of what we're talking about Having a, a more fruitful year and maturity coming by intent. We, we see this so clearly in the psalm and uh, uh, in this encouragement. So Psalm 1, I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Translation here. 
It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, and prosperous, enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submersive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Now there's so much in here. Whoever, whoever's here wants to have a happy, fortunate, prosperous, enviable 2023. It's going to require some things. It's going to require some, some change of thinking, some change of, of actions for us. It's going to be someone who does not walk and live in the counsel of the ungodly. What does that mean? Following their advice, their plans and purposes. Basically also saying living like the world lives. Making decisions according to the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to... You fill in the blank because... Um, there's not a future for my kids in South Africa. Can an unbeliever make that decision? Same way of thinking? Yeah. Absolutely. So ask yourself this question. If an unbeliever can make that kind of decision, shouldn't you as a believer make, be making better decisions? If God is calling you to go, then by all means go. But go with purpose and intent. Allow us to support you. Allow us to enable you to go and be fruitful in a nation where Jesus might be needed. Which is in all nations, praise God. But you guys know what I mean. Nor stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax or rest where the scornful and mockers gather. Again, this whole verse is talking about in unintentionality, not being purposeful, being passive in your walk as a child of God. It's not going to bear any fruit. Verse 2. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his laws. The precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates on, ponders on, studies by day and night. Now when it talks about the law of God, oftentimes we just genuinely think law of Moses. And yes, sometimes it does talk about the law of Moses. Yes, sometimes it does talk about the Ten Commandments. But the law of God goes so much further than that. There's, there's a law that... <coughs> excuse me. There's a law that supersedes the Ten Commandments. That supersedes all of the other hundred laws of Moses. And it's the law of faith. The law of faith was there before any of those laws. What is the law of faith? Faith that pleases God. Faith that responds to God. Adam and Eve, for example, did not operate in that law. They did not believe that God was good. They did not believe... That they were created in his image. They rather believed self. They rather believed Satan's deceit. And so they failed to experience eternal life as God intended for them through the tree of life. And that is the faith that pleases God. Faith that responds to his mercies and his grace. Faith that responds to the gift of Jesus. That is the law of God. And then within that law comes the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God. Through us meditating on those things day and night. This word meditate, we need to think about this because we, we all have a different view when we think meditate. We, 
some of us get pictures of Eastern religions and cultures and we think about a specific position. And yes, there are those things. But meditation is part of our maturity. You cannot mature in the things of God if you don't meditate on the Word of God. We see this throughout the Psalms and, and uh, uh, the writings of, of uh, um, David and many others talking about meditating, pondering on the Word. And I love this is a, a practical example. I've shared this uh, before. If you, meditation goes more than just kind of closing your eyes and, and thinking on something. That's part of meditation. If you go and study this Word out, the, uh, one of the applications to meditation is speaking forth the Word. And I'm not, not talking about speaking forth, naming and claiming. Oftentimes we want to name and claim things. For whose purpose? For someone else or for yourself? Generally when it comes to naming and claiming, it's for yourself. It's for no one else. So a lot of that naming and claiming stuff is just self-centeredness. Carnality. It's wrapped up in spirituality, but it's just carnal. Just because it, it's scripture, just because uh, like, it sounds like the word, doesn't mean that it's the word. In context. In right application. So this, this speaking forth is talking about speaking the word to yourself. Reminding yourself of this word. Reminding yourself of God's promise. That the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living inside of me. Giving life to my mortal body. Yes, I might be experiencing the sickness. In Jesus' name, you're not allowed to stay. That's speaking forth the word of God. Declaring it over myself. That's part of meditation. Then there comes meditation that is, that is memorizing the word. You need to memorize the word. If you don't know the word, you can't speak the word. Amen? It's profound, right? If you don't know the word, you can't speak the word. So you need to memorize it. It's part of meditation. Meditation requires memory. Like I shared this last week when I went to my first uh, mission trip to Zimbabwe. Um, that's the first moment that I really started memorizing certain scriptures. And that trip was significant. Yes, because of a bunch of other reasons. But I believe one of them was because I actually became confident in knowing the word. Because I actually knew the word. I could quote the word. I could recite it to myself. So you need to become someone who knows the word. Who memorizes the word. Recites the word. It is important. So much so, I want to encourage you. And this is where Christianity in general fails short to a lot of Islamic believers. They take memorizing their, their Quran a lot more serious than a lot of Christians take memorizing the word of God. Amen, Omi. Man, if they can do something carnal and do it well, how much us, through being spiritual with the word of God, or with the spirit of God, doing something spiritual? Memorizing, speaking it forth, um, imagining it, that's a third component. You need to see yourself, like imagine the word, see it. When, you, when you're reading and when you're studying things, when you're uh, seeing Jesus healing the sick, See yourself healing the sick. Imagine that, uh, that, that account. When you see David walking up to Goliath, don't just superficially read through the Word of God, guys. There's power in the Word. But only when we activate and use something God given us. What's that? Imagination. Imagination is not something spooky. 
It's a God gift. What are you doing with your imagination? Oftentimes we're just passive and inactively uh, working our imagination and then Satan is running rampant with our imaginations. Especially when you watch scary movies and then the lights go off and it's load shedding. <laughs> hey, none of you obviously, you all like walking through dark rooms and not thinking of any monsters in the cupboards and you like opening up. <laughs> now I'm just joking, but you guys know what I mean. Your imagination can work, work for you or it will work against you. There's no middle ground. So it's important when, when the psalmist here is writing about meditation, it's a few different things that we need to apply. So you need to, in 2013 and obviously leading up to, start prioritizing, memorizing the Word of God. Imagining it. Speaking it forth. And fourthly also, and all of these are really incorporated and intertwined into one another, is personalizing it. You need to personalize the Word of God to yourself. See it as this is God's instruction to you. Yes, to, to the church in general, uh, when Paul writes to the, the, the different epistles to the churches. But see, what is your role in this as, as a member of this family, as a member of this community that is in, that he's instructing we need to personalize the word day and night. It's not just talking about in the morning and in the evening. It's talking about part of our lives. As you're walking, as you're driving, think on, consider. Man, again, that's what the... Man, I, I respect the, a lot of the Islamic believers for this. The way they start their mornings, man. It's filled with different prayers. It's, it's carnal and it's dead. It's nothing, but it's it's... It's something that they're doing. Something they're prioritizing. Why? Because they value it. What do you value? You will not grow. You will not be fruitful in your life if you don't prioritize and through intent take the word of God, meditate on it and work it into your life. Not just in your Bible studies as, as we saw, but really work, working it into our lives. Then closing. Verse 3, what shall be the fruit of this? Hey, you shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything it does shall prosper and come to maturity. Man, it is a promise. If God said it, it will be so. Amen. All we need to do is fall in line. Not rigidly military-wise, but we need to cooperate. We need to respond. As we receive salvation by responding to His gift, maturity is also coming by responding to His Word. Working His Word into our lives. Meditating on the Word. Amen. We're going to close there. You can read through the rest of the psalm. Because it basically just carries on talking about the, 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 the other side of the spectrum. And then let's read verse 6. For the Lord knows and is fully acquainted with the way of righteousness, but the way of ungodliness. Those who live outside of God's will shall perish end in ruin and come to naught. Basically also saying the will of God in, in light of the, the what we've already looked at previously, God's will is for us to be saved and God's will for us is to share the truth with those who are without. And for all of us we get to purpose this and work this into our lives because this is where again significance lies. This is where a life of rest also lies. We talked about this last week. If you feeling tired and weary and burdensome. It's not because your, your work hasn't given you enough days off this year. 
unnerve people who's had less days off than most of you in this room. I myself have had less days off than most of you in this room. But I'm super restful. I've had less sleep than most of you in this room because I've got two toddlers. But I'm more restful than most of you in this room. I'm just making a general statement. So don't feel like I'm comparing myself to an individual per se. But the statement boils down to this. A life of rest doesn't come by having a lot of sleep or having enough holiday. It comes through living in your purpose and your design as a child of God. If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, please contact us at info at gracelife.co or visit us at gracelife.co.